Let's go. Welcome back. Cartographer's Conversation, Episode 5. And we're talking about your legislative program and legislative activity. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't stop believing. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe one day they'll all do their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And until then. Um, so this was uh this was your subject. I mean, you know, I, I, I got a bunch of nerd stuff, but let's talk uh let's talk legislative programs. Yeah, I think it's important. I think right now and you know, across the country, we are getting into um favorite time of the year, specifically on the law enforcement side, where whoever is assigned to your legislative team, your legislative e-board director is now counting what anti-police bills are popping up all over the country. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, from qualified immunity to officer's bill of rights um, to, you know, here in California, I think they're going to start looking at post and try to dig deeper into the decertification of police officers. So I think whether, you know, this used to always be statewide organization, right? But I think now and a lot of our successes have been at the local level, getting local POAs, DSAs, PBAs, FOP lodges involved, because really you are the ones serving the elected officials community. And when you can engage with your voters, you know, it's not every two years where you're trying to get a city council or board of supervisor elected. This is every single day that we need to be branding and communicating. And if we aren't communicating with our constituents, you know what it is? <laughs> it can be a little too late. <laughs> it can be a little too late. So I think it's important, but these, you know, these are important laws that have been on the books to protect our members. And there are bills be currently being authored right now to take away a lot of things from us. Yeah. Whether it's your um, rights to collectively bargain discipline, whether it's qualified immunity, right? Whether it's your bill of rights. Retirement security. Retirement security. Healthcare. Uh, so what I think is super interesting is that um, our philosophy, I think if we go back and take it a couple steps back, um, classic Marta cartographers, nobody cares about you, your job, or your family. And nobody's strong. But it's, it's difficult to get people to care. Um, politicians don't care about our jobs or our wages or our working conditions or our rights, but they want to take their picture with us or they want to take their picture with our enemies villainizing our members. And the only reason why they do any of those things is because they want to be elected or reelected and advance their personal political power and career, right? Like that's the core of what drives it. So when we say... You need to be brand building. You need to be engaging your community. That's important. People should understand us, like us. But we also expect that we can then use those relationships, speak to those people about issues of public safety and concern, and then get them to engage politicians and elected officials either by voting or by, like you were talking about, reaching out and and communicating with them. And so when I think of the need for legislative activity and why it's so important that everyone is involved in this is because 
the only reason why, the only reason may be too strong. One of the main driving factors in why there are so many anti-police bills right now is because those people who are pushing those agenda items, they vote. And they have an organized audience of people who have been very, very vocal. Maybe not the minority, excuse me, maybe not the majority, but have been very, very vocal in trying to drive politicians to do certain things. And we, the collective public safety audience, have been less effective at doing that. And I'm not just talking about law enforcement issues, right? Like we're talking about the onslaught of attacks against dues deductions in the South, right? Like that's just this constant battle. Why are the politicians going after dues deductions? Because there is an organized group that absolutely votes, that is in their office telling them to defund public safety unions so that way they can take power and hurt our interests. And it's the same thing um, on the law enforcement side. It's the same thing in our retirements, retirement security, public safety pensions. You know, the 401k Wall Street guys want to gut those things, you know, so they can make money, so we lose money. And they're very vocal. They're very politically active. And so for these associations, whether you're a POA who's trying to protect your officers, whether you're a firefighter's union that's trying to protect your members, um, whether you're of any sized association, honestly, at, at any level, there is an organized, active, and vocal political group who is currently working to raise funds and raise their conversation to convince politicians to vote against our issues. So we should be there too. We should be there too. And I think we should be deploying some of our tools and technology to reach our elected officials in different ways. Because the other side, like you just talked about, is doing it. Right now, they're raising funds. Yeah. They're raising funds to get paid people to speak at city council, at school boards, at county board of supervisors. They're doing this right now. And we're under attack across this country. Right. We are. And while we can have our union leaders testify on a shit bill, testify on a good bill. We could have, and we do have, some of the best lobbyists in this country. However, it can't just be them anymore. We, at the local, at the county, and at the state level, need to start communicating with our constituents to get them behind us. Because ultimately, they're the ones that get them elected into office. Right. And if we're able to convey our messages to out of four voters, just like we do in campaigns, right? We need to apply everything that we're doing legislatively because there's a lot of people, you and I are political nerds. We like this stuff. A lot of people don't give a shit, but when it affects their family's public safety, when it affects what's going on in their community, if they don't know that or we're not communicating it, who is? Our enemies. They're filling the void, obviously. They're, they're, they're out there. And, you know, I, I think in the, we talk about the, the anti-law enforcement uh, movement. It is a movement. And that movement is powered by social media, uh, viral posting, viral engagement, and grassroots local advocacy. You don't see 
those groups paying multi-million dollar firms to go lobby state capitals. You don't see anti-law enforcement groups asking for $20 a month from everybody to donate so that way they can hire a political strategies firm to be their lobbyist in Sacramento or Washington or Albany, right? Like, that's not what they're doing. They're in your neighborhood at your local state ledge field office. They're at the local level hammering city councils like you talked about and speaking to those people at that kind of knife fight sort of face-to-face engagement. And it means that for the politician, they've received 50 personal letters, 100 phone calls to their district office, you know, 200 visitors at their door. And what? We got a statewide organization that sends a a lobbyist in a $400 suit after having a $500 lunch to show up and say, I speak on behalf of 100,000 people. Just trust me on this. People who we all know in our own organizations don't vote. People who we all know don't show up. We have public voting records of not being there on our issues or for our candidates. And we think that the politician's going to listen because we sent in a guy in a suit. You know, it's a bad plan in general, you know. Uh, perfect example. Go back a couple of years. Uh, a big state had a big bill moving through it. And the uh, the lobbyist who, who we work with, who's a friend, um, was not making headway in the Capitol. Was having the meetings. People were happy to talk to them, but they were not moving the needle. And it was a big statewide bill. And so, um, you know, we had a bunch of clients in the state who it was of concern. And they reached out and we did, like you said, we, we did digital block walking. We did a digital ad campaign. We engaged likely voters who were likely to be on our issue, who were likely to take action. And we got them to send emails, make phone calls, sign an online petition, share, like, engage with public comment. And that slowed, halted, and altered the trajectory of that bill to the point that when it finally came out of the Capitol, it wasn't so terrible. Not perfect, but definitely a lot better. You know, the lobbyists just didn't have 5,000 or 10,000 voter emails on their side. It's important to start getting people involved and and getting a base of support for your issues. And I think the goal and where we come in is that anybody can buy you digital ads. I love it. Anybody can. How much do I love it? I love it. Tell me it's that much. Anybody can create a software and, and tell you to go blast emails. But again, it's the it's the messaging to the voter. Why is it important to you? Yeah. Why should you take three minutes out of your day and make a call or make do an email or whatever we may have them do? Why should they do it? Because it's going to affect them. And when you can get enough of those to call, email, right? Yep, you have now put pressure that the other side has been doing for years. Yeah, for years. Yep, they've been doing it, um, and I think it's crucial. Talking about for years doing something. Um, if there was one thing that you needed to remember um, at every level 
in anybody who's engaging in this sort of legislative activity or any political activity, frankly, is where's the data, right? And, and one of the big things, and I think we had a, had a great opportunity last year to leverage in 2022, activity, action, and people who we talked to in 2021. And in 21, big bill, big case, big project, um, where we said, hey, this bill should matter to you, Mr. and Mrs. Voter, John Q. Public, with kids in your local community. You should care. And they said, fuck yeah, we should care. And they took action. Killed that bill. But that data of all those people, those 24, 28,000 people who took action, all of that data belonged to the organization that we worked with. It wasn't our data. We didn't, we didn't gatekeep it. We didn't keep it behind closed doors. It was theirs. It was their information, their activity. And at the end of the campaign, it was saved in a repository. It wasn't something that we overused. Because you can't just hammer people out of the blue over and over again, right? They had a, they had a particular topic they were interested in. But then, in 2022, we had a, a similar issue, a uh, similar message. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bill. It was a candidate trying to elect and a, and a message we were trying to get. And we were able to get the organization that we worked with in 21 to give permission to use that data for this very specific purpose. And the results from that repeat campaign were out of this world. I mean, um, we're sending a message that was similar overtones, not the same branding, but similar overtones and, you know, incredibly low, like less than 2% on subscribe rate, incredibly high open rate, incredibly high engagement rate, and a lot of conversational activity off of that group. But goes back to what we've been talking about all along. This is not just your standard email. This is not your standard text message. Sorry. You're good. But it's not a standard text message. It's not. It's it, not. It, it's a conversation. Yeah. So when we talked about Bill X, we had a conversation with John Voter. John Voter, it wasn't like a hey, thumbs up, thanks for thanks for supporting. It was a it was a one-on-one conversation where they remembered it. And now we're able to save that. And then we don't just hammer them over and over and over again. That's how you lose lose everything. Right. But when there was a big enough issue, happened to be a candidate that we were trying, that's when we use it. And the open rates, conversations, right. unsubscribed, went off the Richter scale. I mean, if you were like a, a nerd and to go, you're you're nerding out. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's putting together a technique and a tactic that's then you're being able to see in real time how effective it is. You know, and as we looked at what we did in 22, and as we're really kind of, you know, paving this new map forward for the legislative session in 23. I like what you did there. You see that? Yeah. Uh, fun fact, cartographer. We make maps. Um, as, we're, as we're laying this stuff out, you know, I, I cannot impress enough to our members and to anyone in this space the importance of not abandoning those relationships. There is nothing worse than us finding a candidate who's been in office for 20 years who doesn't have a Rolodex of voters at all. You know, effective campaigns, effective legislators, and I, when I say effective, I mean effective at getting reelected. Maybe they're not so great in the legislature, but right. effective uh, persons in Congress, 
when you send them a letter bitching about a problem in 2020 and they have their name on the bill that fixes it in 2021, those people sure as fuck are emailing you in 2022 reminding you of how awesome they were at solving your problem. Right. And they're maintaining and grooming those messages year after year after year where after five or ten years in office, they've got just this deep file of people where I've personally reached out and I fixed your problem in your community with this law from my office. All of our unions are older than most of the people who we're talking about in public office. Most of our state ledges, most of our county commissioners, most of our city councils, we've been around longer. And yet we have zero data. We have no, we don't, firefighters don't have a Rolodex of the people that they've saved from cardiac arrest. We don't keep a log of the houses that, you know, didn't completely burn down. You know, I mean, where are, where's our record of every person whose house who was so grateful for that family heirloom that we pulled out of the fire? You know, who's so grateful for the family dog that we rescued? Who's so grateful for, where is our history with those people? And we don't have to be on scene of the fire, you know, saying, hey, sign you to sign up for my petition campaign. But it is public record. We do know who we've helped. We do know where we've been on someone's worst day. And making sure that those people are engaged in what we have to talk about and sharing our message is, is so important. And it's something that I think the experts in um, the political craft of um, career politicians are so good at. It's something that our enemies are so good at. And it's something that we are just so bad at. But we're getting better. We're trying to. We're trying. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've done a really good job here of were clients harnessing that data and being able to use that over and over again. And, you know, we're going to talk a podcast coming up here on, on brand building and how we're going to go about that and, and our strategies. But overall, it's there's a lot of bills that are coming out that are currently being written right now. Right now. That are going to come after your pension, your health care, going to come after your qualified immunity, going to come after everything that you stand for. Yep. And if we aren't taking what you did in 2020, 2022, 2023 for 2024. If we're not doing that, then you're doing a disservice for your membership. And we need to start working collectively as a whole yeah, on harnessing this data and being able to, with a snap of a finger, be able to activate a group of people that we know year after year after year will always take what we say seriously and yep. take action for us. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think... Um... We got lucky in 2021 with some bills. We got lucky through a couple of legislative cycles, I think. And this year, um, it's going to take a little more than luck. We're going to have to dig deeper. And I think that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of associations that are find themselves on their heels. This is an opportunity to get in front of those legislative plans. And, you know, too often we don't get to speak or work with the lobbyists that are assigned to your organization. And I think some of the tools and the strategies that we have can propel what they're doing and put their message on. 30-second pitch, okay? You're you're looking into the camera and you're talking to the lobbyist who's scared of us, frankly, right? Like, and, and I think that that is something that we, we, should, we should address, right? Like, in general, if you have a lobbyist that you like, that you're working well with, that's being really effective for you, good for them, you know? 
our service isn't about taking their job, but it's about making sure that when they are in the office speaking with that legislator, that they've got more firepower behind them than just, you know, your logo on a business card, right? Yes. I mean, that's it. And you're, you're actually there. You have the constituents, the voting population that stands behind that elected off that elected official. You have them behind you and you walk in the door and, and so often, you know, we get, Hey, no, I really like mayor X. Mayor X is going to get really pissed <laughs> off if we blast them with emails. My conversation at the same time is the same one every single time. If Mayor X is going to get upset because 10,000 of his constituents said to Nemo that we have a bigger one, right? What he should be doing or she should be doing is saying, you know, when there may be an unpopular opinion amongst many of the elected officials, get up there and say, hey, listen, on this matter, I received 10,000 emails, 500 phone calls, and individually penned uh, letters to my office for this. Let them use it as ammunition to support you. Not necessarily just annoying them with a flood of emails. And for the uh, for the lobbyist, right? Like, I, I think anybody who's done any lobbying, whether it's grassroots lobbying, like, you know, me putting on my finest Sunday suit to go to the Texas Capitol on Firefighter Day to go try to talk to some state legislator who is literally going to tell me that their entire mission this year is to remove my dues deductions or take away my pension. Uh, or whether or not it's like a full-blown, like, you know, registered lobbyist who has like a $1,000 suit and is rocking some wingtips, right? No matter what, it's a whole lot easier to walk into that room to ask for something, to have the tough conversation if you know that their phone has been ringing for the last week on your side. If you know their inbox is full of 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 emails that are on your side of the fence. Because at least you're not the only schmuck in the room, right? We like to think, oh, I speak on behalf of 330,000, you know, professional firefighters. I'm here on behalf of, you know, 150,000, you know, law enforcement professionals across the state. We think that's going to work. But just because a bunch of people put their money into the same pot doesn't mean the same thing as an inbox overflowing with actual communications from actual voters in your actual district. We're a tool for lobbyists. Yeah. So that's my 30-second pitch. We're a tool. And I can count four states off the top of my head that we have worked hand-in-hand with lobbyists and the outcomes have been successful for every single time. And it's a different tool. I remember one lobbyist in a certain state who said, I, I can't believe people on the hills <laughs> still talk about <laughs> how many emails. They I think it's great. I think yeah. it's funny, right? But it's just like, right. And the other side's been doing that for 10 years. Yep. They have been. And now let's start working together rather than apart and start getting that base behind us, activating them and getting some support behind our messages, not just sitting at a public hearing and explaining to a, a legislator why we need it, why we don't need it, and, and have some some firepower behind you. Yeah. I love it. A lot of bills are being written right now. A ton. And if we can help you, your organization, lobbyists, we have some case studies 
um, across this country that have been highly, highly successful. And um, with qualified immunity, Bill of Rights, everything under attack, you can just start working together. That's it. That's it. Get to your lobby, reach out, and uh... don't stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. Yeah. Modern Cartographers. Out. <laughs>